You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Ramel Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell asks his radio audience, are you three feet from gold? Oftentimes we give up when we're so close to our success, but we have to move past the barrier. Don't quit. Let's join the conversation. Are you three feet from gold? Are you thinking about giving up? Seriously, I want to know. That's my question for reflection and conversation this evening. I want to hear from you. We got Tommy from the South Side. I believe this is uh, Tommy. How you doing, brother? Good to hear I'm, from I'm you tonight. Good. I, I, I'm good, Linnell. And the reason why the reason why I call is because I support you. And I think with everything else that we hear, it is good that at the end there is someone like yourself. And so I just want to encourage you. And and I just want to leave you uh, with this in terms uh, of giving up. You know, I had come to a point where I had gave up on us as a collective uh, because I could not understand how individuals can be intelligent enough to see the things that are going on and continue to act like that there is some other way or something else that's going to change our paradigm other than the fact that when you're this close, to triumph, then, uh, you know, it's made to seem like it's more difficult. It's made to seem like it's hopeless. But if there ever was a time, that moment is now, and I just share this and, and get off. I had gave up until I went down to the Harris Theater and I had the opportunity to see 300 children on a stage. And brother, they were mm. down there dancing. Hmm. And, and not only were they dancing, they were doing ballet which is a very difficult art form. And they were doing tap dancing, which is nice. very difficult. These were all black kids, man. Nice. And, and at that moment, the theater was dark. I started to weep for all of the children who lost their lives, who call out from the graves, as well as elders and adults, and say, you know, to those who really believe we can't give up, we can't give in, we can't quit. Because this is our moment, and this is our time. If yeah. we'll just look and see what's going on over there in Brazil. Those people came out, and they said one thing. We're not going back in until you reform and come with a more meaningful structure to this political system. They mm-hmm. didn't come out and tear nothing up. They didn't come out in violence. They came out with a collective voice that says that our paradigm, our reality, is the clear indication that you truly do not care about our welfare. Hey, Tommy, what is what? Tommy, something is shifting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, something's shifting. I have, I have a question for you real quick before we move to the next thing. But So you talked about these 300 children and this changing or shifting your attitude about giving up. When was that? Well, you know, uh, this was just this past his father's day. And my daughter was one of the participants. And, and I was like, okay, well, you know, you go down there this father's day, this is what you do. Until they turn the lights out, brother. And when they turned them lights out, man, let me tell you something. Those kids were so professional in their presentation that even the other ethnicities who were ushers at the door, they came inside the theater and was rooting and clapping and crying. Man, I'm telling you, if we can't do anything else, we ought to at least give these children 
a chance. And with that, I say good night to you, and God bless you, man. And, and I recognize and I understand. And I say, you know, sometimes I come off in a certain way, but now is the moment. Yeah. Now is the time. Absolutely. All you got to do is wake up and not wake up, look up, still looking down, still saying it's the white man, still saying it's, it's some conspiracy, skip it all and say, okay, this is the moment, this is the time, we got the greatest vehicle of all on this radio station, we got the greatest technology ever with Instagram and tweeting and, and, mm-hmm. and, and texting and Facebook, you name it, we got it, to go all over this country at the same moment, at the same time that we all can come out. Can you imagine what would happen, man, if we all just came out Good night, my brother, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Brother Tommy, really appreciate him. I tell you, you know, we uh, we agree sometimes, we disagree sometimes, but he is definitely a support, and uh, I appreciate you, too. And I am so happy that you are 100% in the game, brother. We need people like him, you know, a positive business owner, uh, making moves here in Chicago, and not giving up. And definitely not giving up on our children because that is the future. And uh, man, something is shifting. Yeah, I tell you, if I'm, I'll be talking about that next week. We're not talking about it tonight. Tonight we're talking about just keeping it moving. Are you three feet from gold? But next week we're definitely going to be talking about what's shifting. And uh, I'll tell you what's shifting is technology. Technology is bringing people together in a way that it never has before. And that's why you have movements like what's going on in Brazil right now. Uh, Very fascinating Uh, and something if you don't know about, you should watch closely. All right. Now, like I said, tonight's topic is based on the blog post from uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago, titled, Are You Three Feet From Gold? And so keep that in mind as you call in. We have another caller. We got Torrance here. Torrance, you are on the air. Thank you very much for taking my call, man. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the first time I've heard this show. And, brother, I really appreciate, you know, the perspective and the positive positioning that uh, you're taking uh, with this show. I mean, if you look at, well, for a couple of reasons, I mean, on, on a broad level, when you look at our community in general, it seems like many of us have given up. And, and when you, you see brothers standing on, on the corner and you know, not being motivated by things and, and sisters as well, what we seem to really lack is, you know, the persistence of making something positive happen. So, you know, from that perspective, man, I, I really appreciate you know, what you're doing. And, from a personal perspective, man, I've been working on a project for over two and a half years, man, and you know it's something that uh, is a bit different, you know, like majority of people who out here are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's 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 a social networking site for those who place a priority on health, fitness, and beauty. As uh, uh, content, it has marketplace for professionals in health, fitness, and beauty to interact with people who are up there for dating or networking. So, And I'm sitting here, man, struggling, in fact, as I heard your show, with uh, doing some some things that uh, someone else told me they were going to do for me. And, uh, you know, you you, you face that. Oh, yeah. You're out here developing (laughs) it. People say, I want to be a part of it. I want to participate and I want to do it. But when it comes down to really doing it, man, uh, 
you know, sometimes you just have to just do it yourself. So, again, I, I appreciate what you're doing, man, and thank you very much, brother, from the bottom of my heart. Man. Oh, you, you're welcome, man. And let me tell you, I'm a, I just want to encourage you. Nobody loves your baby like you do. And, you know, and, and, you, and I've learned that. I've learned that because, believe me, regardless of what it is that you're working on, you know, other people just don't love it the same way you do. They don't have that same vision. And so, brother, if there's anything that you do, man, stay connected to your vision. Keep your eye on your dream. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. I appreciate that, man. All right. Thank you, man. All right. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, you. Take care. All right Torrance. Appreciate that phone call. Keep pushing, brother. I know somebody else out there, you know, in the same place. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when it gets the toughest is when sunshine's right around the corner when light's about to come. So don't give up. Some of you may be two feet away. Another, you know, you might be 10 feet away. Either way, you're close, and you've got to keep pressing. You've got to keep pressing. And uh, all I know is this. When this show is over, I want you to feel like you can go at least one more inch. And I want you to feel, if not an inch, that you can go at least one more foot. And if not a foot for someone else, I want you to feel like you can go at least one more mile. And so, you know, just keep pushing. Keep pushing. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to be successful? Are you? Inspirational Perspective is on your radio, and I'm trying to be the ripple effect of change in your life. So appreciate Torrance, the first-time listener. So question, you know, what small steps do you need to make tonight that will give you the fuel to keep pushing tomorrow. I don't know if something, you know, we think about things that way, you know. So when it's hard to push or you're having a tough time, you know, typically, you know, quitting is a decision. It's a decision point. And so what it, does it take to, you know, put that decision point off? We're really good at procrastinating, but when it comes to quitting, why don't we put that underneath the, you know, that monkey of procrastination and keep it moving? Just a different perspective. You know, you, you ready to make that change? Uh, do you believe that anything is possible? Can you see yourself breaking down barriers and breaking through walls to live the dr- life of your dreams? If so, then keep that in your mind and keep pushing. Like I've been asking for the last month, you know, you know are you a winner? We had that show. Are you a winner? And guess what? Winners don't quit. Winners are always looking for an opportunity to tune up and make a change and keep going. So come on and join the conversation. We already had some uh, two good callers. And like I always say, it's going to be as good as we make it. So don't sit on your hands and listen. You, know, you can pick up your phone and get into the conversation. Somebody needs to hear your story. And I know somebody out there right now has a story where they almost gave up and they would not be where they are if they had. The difference in winning and losing is most often not quitting. I didn't say that. Sounds smart, but it wasn't me. It's Walt Disney. He said it. And I think we all can agree that he knew just a little bit about success, <laughs> if not a lot. You know, there's another quote by uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and he's a 17th century poet. There. He said, uh, perseverance is a great element of success. If you only knock long enough, And loud enough at the gate, you are sure to wake somebody up. And I got to tell you, that's part of my purpose. If I knock long enough and loud enough at the gate, maybe I will wake 
somebody up. And it sounds like a few people have been awakened. And that's I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about that. So in other words, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep it moving. You know, so uh, the question I'm asking this evening, you know, have you ever felt like giving up on a go? Do you feel like giving up right now? Are you three feet from gold? And I want you to think about that. I have a story that goes with that that I'm going to share in a little bit. But maybe you've been here before. You know how easy it is to capitulate and stop. But you kept going and now you are where you wouldn't have been if you hadn't stopped. And if that's you, give me a call. Tell us a story. Uh, One of my listeners needs to hear that story. And so, you know, a story that I love and uh, I learned this story, I would say, man, some years ago. And I'm going to share that this evening. But most of you, some of you may know the story because over the past couple of years, I've made a number of references in my post on the website, inspirationalperspective.com, about the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. All right. And I've, I've also quoted Napoleon Hill quite often right here on this show. Now, the funny thing is most of my blog readers and you all, my listeners, I don't want to say all of you, but, you know, some of you still have not taken the time to even pick the book up. And nowadays, you don't have to pick the book up. You can go to Amazon.com, download it to your Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, I know a lot of you have iPhones, so get the free Kindle app and download it to the Kindle app. And I think they have it out there for 99 cents. I know I told you all about James Allen, As a Man Thinketh, and that's free. But download the book and read it. I say that because, you know, this book is phenomenal and it's life changing. You know, you know, the cliche, if you want to hide a secret, put it in a book. I tell you, you know, there are a lot of good secrets in that book. And I've yet to meet someone who is ridiculously successful, who has not read this book at least once. And many of the people I've met have read this book multiple times. And if not this book, other uh, writings by Napoleon Hill. But you all can keep putting it off if you like. You know, and uh, keep facing life without that wisdom. Anyway, tonight I want to share one of my favorite lessons from this book. And I hope this lesson inspires you to be perseverant and persistently pursue your dreams. And oh, it maybe it inspire you to read the book in its entirety as well. And so in the beginning of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, he tells a story about a gentleman from the early 1900s named R.U. Darby. And now Darby was a millionaire when Mr. Hill interviewed him in preparation to write this book. However, the story Mr. Darby shared with Mr. Hill was about a defining moment in his life when he was much poorer and younger and less wiser that taught him the power of persistence. And Darby's story is right on topic with what we're discussing this evening because he provides a great lesson for all of us because he stopped just Three feet of his goal, three feet of the goal that he was seeking. And when I say that, I mean literally three feet. He just decided to quit because he couldn't see what was on the other side. And those of you who have read the book, Think and Grow Rich, you know this story. And for those of you who haven't, here's the story. So back in the late 1800s, 
Darby's uncle had gone west to Colorado during the gold rush and eventually came across gold ore. Okay, and in the need, you know, he was in the need of mining machinery. So this gold ore he found was close to the surface. And if you want to if you want to get some real gold, as you all know, you got to do some work. Right. You got to dig. And uh, so Darby's uncle went back home to Maryland to secure financing for drilling machinery. And while he was there, he was able to enlist Darby's help. All right. Are you Darby? And once they secure financing, Darby and his uncle returned to Colorado to work this mine. Now, initially, things were going well. And that's how it usually is when you have a great idea. Right. You have something that you uh, you decided that you want to do and you're taking off. And typically things go fairly well right in the beginning. And the first remnants of gold they discovered because they discovered more gold, they would ship them off to a smelter. And a smelter is, you know, somewhere where they kind of, you know, they take the gold and put it in fire to refine it and get it at its purest state. And, you know, they got this gold and they took the financial returns uh, and realized like, wow, okay, if we got this type of financial return from just that process, we could possibly have one of the richest gold mines in all of Colorado. And so they figure, hey, you know, if we have a few more gold discoveries like the first one, you know, we could clearly pay off our debts and we will be rich. And so Darby and his uncle continued to drill. Then the predictable and unbelievable happened. And you know how this goes, right? You know, so they, you know, the vein of gold ore that had been successfully drilling before, um, you know, that had the gold in it just disappeared. And I said, you know, what this mean, means because a lot of times we're working on projects and initially the project is very promising. We see some profit and then we hit a wall. All right. We hit a wall and, you know, OK, what happened? You know, what what is it that we need to do to move forward? Well, confident they would find gold. Darby and his uncle continued to drill and day after day they drilled with no luck. Now, you know, to run a business costs money. And, you know, so every day of drilling drove them both deeper into debt because by now they've already used the money from the initial profit. And, you know, they have to make a decision. Do we keep going further into debt or do we decide to quit? And they decided to quit. All right. And so they sold the drilling machinery to a nearby junk man and, you know, returned back home to Maryland. Now, Stay with me, because this is where the story gets very interesting. All right. The junk man, and I did say the junk man, was convinced that their mine may still have gold. Okay, And we've seen this. I'm I'm trying to compare it to real life situations because we've seen this. The same store, you know, clothing store or, or restaurant on a corner can't do well, closes down. But then someone else decides, hey, I can make that restaurant work, and it works. You know, it it happens. So what was the other person missing? You know, what were they missing? And so the junk man was convinced that this mine had gold. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen people give up on a dream that had mad potential. I know a lot of you out there have seen this. And if that was my business, I would have done X. I would have done Y. I would have done Z. And so that junk man wasn't convinced. Their mind had no goal. And so what did he do? Zach's looking at me around. Like, what did he do? What did he do? What do you think he do? did, Zach? 
I don't know. I mean, you just keep pushing. I'll tell you this. So, you know, I work in Fortune 500 company. When we can't figure things out, we go hire consultants. <laughs> okay. And, you know, it's fascinating because people, you put your heart and soul into businesses, but sometimes we don't want to put our money in it, you know. But uh, so what did he do? The junk man went and got himself a consultant. He went and hired a mining engineer to get an expert opinion on that gold mine. And this is back in the, you know, early 1900s, man. And before breaking down all that drilling machinery, he thought, hey, why not just bring an expert out here and see if there really is some gold in his mine? And the engineer's findings were shocking. Guess what he found? He found that the vein of gold ore that Darby and his uncle had been seeking was just three feet away from where they had stopped drilling. Three feet away from where they had stopped drilling. And so the junk man decided to continue drilling, and that is exactly where he found the gold. Now, this is a true story, okay? I'm not, you know, this is not a, you know, some parable or some uh, myth that I'm making up. This really happened, okay? Just three feet away, he found gold. The junk man ended up taking millions of dollars in gold from Darby's former mine because he was smart enough to know what he did not know, and he sought the expert counsel of someone who might know it. Now, I know somebody out there right now that made all the world a difference for you. And I'm going to say it again. He was smart enough to know what he didn't know and sought expert counsel to find it out. Okay, so I could stop right now and just go on that one statement alone, but I'm not. I've seen this far too many times, and this is not the topic of the show, you know, getting expert advice, but, I mean, I could go off in a whole other direction on that one. Maybe I should write a blog about it, get expert advice. I mean, you know, you have a problem. Uh, we are sometimes, we always trying to put things together ourselves, man. Pick up the phone, call. Hey, some of this advice is free. I mean, we all got somebody we can call. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to learn my lesson the Darby way. <laughs> and so the question is this tonight. On what are you about to give up? Have you invested your time and or money into receiving expert advice and counsel yet? Are you stopping three feet from gold? And, you know, after telling this story, Napoleon Hill wrote, and this is a little bit later in the book. He said, before success comes in anyone's life, that individual is sure to meet with temporary defeat and perhaps some failure. When defeat overtakes a person, the easiest and most logical thing to do is to quit. That is exactly what the majority of people do. And then shortly after the text above in the book, he follows this wisdom with two powerful sentences. Failure is a trickster. With a keen sense of irony and cunning, it takes great delight in tripping one when success is almost in reach. When success is almost in reach. Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> Funny how that works, man. You know, you, you're just about to get there and you're like, you know what? Ah, I'm going to stop. Don't stop. Don't give up. When I wrote this post three feet from goal, I received a tweet. That said, you know, I was working on it. And a lot of times, I, you know, I'm in and out of Twitter and uh, I pop up Twitter and 
there's a quote that says, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. <laughs> Wonder if that happened by happenstance or I don't know who you are, but this post and that tweet was for you. All right. So, you know, uh, take from it what you can. But are you Darby had an amazing story. Now, this is the thing. He learned from that. He learned from that. And he lived the rest of his life with a persistence. I can only imagine how this man went after things after that. And he ended up being a millionaire. So he wasn't a millionaire from that one. He, I mean, that was a huge failure, right? But he turned around and ended up being a millionaire selling life insurance. I mean, that's tough stuff to sell. And it was brand new back then. But, hey, persistence. And it's funny. I was having a conversation, you know, earlier this week. That, uh, you know, sometimes the people who really get it are the ones who are persistent, you know, are persistent and they get on your nerves. But before you know it, a month later, you didn't bought whatever it is they're trying to sell you. And uh, so who won? You know, who's getting on whose nerves? I mean, they coat in their pockets. I mean, and so sometimes we out here, we're trying to get something done. We're, we're, we're trying to sell whatever it is we want to sell. We're trying to pitch certain ideas and we're trying to be polite. And it just don't work like that. Sometimes you have to be persistent and go and grab whatever it is that you want. And believe me, I'm preaching it, but I'm preaching it to myself, too, because I can be a little more persistent about some of the things I want to achieve as well. And so that's to me the same way that it is to you. All right. The question is, have you ever felt like giving up on a go? Do you feel like giving up right now? And are you three feet from goal? So come on. I know we got some stories out there. I got two calls already. Y'all just sitting there and listening to me. I want to hear what you have to say. And so if you are about to give up, you need some encouragement, call on in. If you have an amazing story, and, and I know it's out there. I know some of you have pushed past some tremendous obstacles. And you are here. You are killing the game. Hey, stop being humble. Somebody needs to hear it. So, uh, you know, about a year ago, it was a normal work day, and I was moseying. I moseyed out the office. It was after work hours, and uh, <laughs> and I come out sometimes to see if anybody's still around. Because typically, you know, when I walk to the parking lot, man, I'm the last one. All right, my you know my car is sitting there all by itself, and so I uh, I moseyed around, and one of the guys on my team was still sitting there. So you know, I, I struck up some small talk with him, and we're chatting, and uh, you know, I'm. While I'm talking to him, I'm being nosy and uh, I'm just checking out people's workspaces and looking at the pictures of their families and different things they have set up in their cubes. And as I drifted from one picture to the next, this picture caught my eye and it didn't just catch my eye. It caught my mind and my spirit as well. And Many of you have seen this drawing and I'm about to you know, describe what the drawing is. But it's funny how something that didn't mean something years ago can mean so much to you later. Has that ever happened to you, Zach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You see something and you're like, OK, you know, that, you know, back then, you know, maybe it was funny or maybe it was something else. But then you see it later. and You're like, oh, I mean, it sticks with you. And the drawing was this. And you guys have seen this. Most of you have, because I know I saw this when I was a child. It's been out there a long time. It was a picture of a frog that was being swallowed by a large bird. But instead of giving up to his unfortunate fate, the frog had grabbed a hold of the bird's neck and he's squeezing it. Right. So his, the, you know, his head and his body, 
you know, half of his body is in the bird's mouth, but he he has his arms and his legs outside of the mouth, and he is strangling this bird. Like, look, man, I'm not going down your throat. And on the side of the picture was these words, never give up, never give up. And I mean, this guy is literally squeezing for his life. Now, some of you have seen this picture, but if you've never seen the picture, you can go right now to my Facebook page and it just posted. It's also on Twitter. And take a look at the picture for yourself. You know, uh, on Facebook, it's, you know, just search Inspirational Perspective. And while you're checking out the picture, like the page. But it's uncanny. I think it's uncanny how time coupled with life and its experiences can add color and meaning to something that seemed, you know, humorous. (laughs) When I was a child, I used to laugh at the picture. I thought it was funny. Like, the frog's about to get eaten, (laughs) you know. And uh, at that point, when I saw it in my office at work, man, I was going through some things. And that picture took a hold of me. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. And so somebody out there, man, this is tonight is for you. I got a lot of things I can talk about day after day after day. And this has been sitting with me all week, all week. You know what, Linnell, it's time to hit this topic. I could have hit, you know, something different. I could have talked about technology. I was actually thinking about talking about that tonight. Tommy hit on it. You know, what's shifting? No, never give up. And so get on my page, print the picture, use it to motivate yourself. Check it out. But when the circumstances of life seem to be weighing you down, when it seems you just can't catch a break, when you're pretty sure that Lady Luck has left the building and you can hear the fat lady singing, it's only over when you stop pushing. It's only over when you stop trying and it's only over when you stop fighting. And so if you got some fight left in you, you need to keep moving. Don't quit. Do it. All right. So regardless of how hard the climb towards your goal may be, regardless of how far you've fallen from your original post, because some of you have been there and now you just don't feel like getting up and keep moving and keeping it moving, regardless of how significant the loss, wrap your fingers around that circumstance and squeeze, squeeze for your life. Don't you ever give up. All right, Chicago. I want to hear from you. Y'all quiet, man. Are you encouraged this evening? Do you have your own personal story of victory to share? Are you three feet from gold? Have you been three feet for gold and and finally hit the gold? You know, give me a phone call. Call in 773-310-0839. You know, why do you feel like you don't have the power to, to persevere? I want to know about it. You know, or maybe you do. Maybe you feel like you do. But either way. You know, give me a phone call. All right. And don't go calling me, man. You know, y'all do this to me. And then you call at 1050, 1055. They have a whole lot to say, Zach. You know, don't do that to me tonight. All right. We still got some time left. Otherwise, I'm going to keep talking because I have more to say. Okay. So about two years ago, I wrote this post and it was called Tug. And I was thinking, you know, this afternoon, you know, I put together the notes for the show and I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to talk about. Because I cried, I, you know, I really didn't. You know, I was like, right, am I really going to talk about this? Yeah, I am. OK, so put together the notes for the show. And I'm thinking, why is it that we have these mentalities that we can't push? Why is it that we are so willing to give up on our dreams? 
you know, why is it as children, you know, and it's, uh, you know, a group of life coaches and I, we're working on a project. And one of the things that we talked about for this project is, you know, how children believe it, man, when they say I can be president or I want to be a firefighter or I want to, they believe it to their core. I want to be a doctor. But as we get older, we get hit by life. And all of a sudden we think we can't achieve some of these things. And so what is it about the mentality? I was listening to one of my uh, shows from a few weeks ago today, and uh, I was having a conversation with a young lady who called in, and one of the things she was talking about is her circumstance. And I spent, I think, 30 minutes. You remember that show, Zach? I spent 30 minutes talking to her on the show, giving her for free life coaching. And it wasn't really life coaching because it was on the air, but it was you know, the best I could do for free on the show. And her whole thing was circumstance, you know, and what it sounded like to me was a lot of self-sabotage. Since then, we talked and she kind of saw it clearly. But so why is that? What happens to us? And so I wrote this post a couple of years ago and I I was kind of going through, you know, what I was reading. I thought, this is it. This is why this happens. This is why this happens. And so check this out. When a baby elephant is born into captivity, and the trainer wants to ensure he can control the elephant, he places a rope on one of the calves' legs, and the rope is attached to a sturdy wooden post. Now, you guys have seen this at the circus. You've seen this on TV, okay? And this is the first and most important step the trainer will take to keep the elephant within a certain proximity for the rest of its life. All right, I got a caller. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, but first we're going to talk to Gino, Gino from Beverly. Gino, you're on the air. Good evening, Mr. Harris. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Absolutely fabulous. I'm doing fabulous. I'm enjoying the show. I was out taking care of some business and uh, rushed home, ran up the stairs. Yeah, I said ran. <laughs> <laughs> and turned on my radio. I want to hear my young friends speak. I thoroughly enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. You know, I caught the tail end of what you were saying concerning the frog and the stork. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I remember, obviously, I remember that like you did, and it, it spoke to me. And I remember it when I was younger. And now that I'm older, it means more to me. Because a lot of times people get my age. I'm 52. Okay. And they feel that this is the end of their life. They've done all they're going to do. And, but you ever notice? When a person dies at 52, 53, the first thing a person says is, oh, they were so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Why do I have to die <laughs> to be considered young? When you look up the definition according to Webster where youth is, it just means updated, viable, useful, full of life, and have vigor. It doesn't mean an age. It's a mindset. It's how useful and how how you apply yourself to your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, Gino, check this out, man. I don't know if you know who Peter Drucker is. but uh, Peter Drucker, I mean, uh, one of the great authors. I talk about Napoleon Hill a lot, but I need to start bringing him up. But Peter Drucker, man, at the age of 63, at the age of 63, wrote some of his best works. He already had books, but he did his best work after 63 and produced (laughs) volumes of books, man. So age ain't nothing but a number. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that, obviously, at this stage in my life. And I've just learned to live my day as if I'm going on vacation the next day. Because you and I both know, (laughs) when we're going on vacation the next day, how much stuff do we get done? Nothing. 
<laughs> no, no, the day before you go on vacation. Oh, yeah, you're running around. Oh, man. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're running around. Yeah. You're running around. You're getting four times what you normally would get. And then at the end of that, you still have full of energy. you ready to go right now. That's true. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm learning because, unfortunately, as you well know, you've heard the cliche. The cliche is nothing but the truth that it sustained its viability over the ages. We prepare more for our vacations than we do our lives, and I'm learning mm. to reverse that. Hey, I've said that, man. I, oh, man, you, now you're speaking some truth. <laughs> you know. I'm going to share this one little thing about going up on dreams when you talk about your dreams and your goals. You know, a lot of times when you want to go up, you get chased. You get bothered. People try to step you down. You get toxic people in your lives and everything. And You know, an ego, when it's attacked, yes, egos do get attacked. They have one special thing that they do that no other bird can do. When they're being harassed by other smaller birds... They they shoot straight for the sun. Mm. They go right at the sun, and that's because the eagle's eyes uh, have a special coating over it, almost like little sunglasses, that allows it to look right into the sun. The other birds can't do that. Hmm. So we got to stay focused on where we're trying to get to. When we do come under attack, keeping your eye on the proper goal so that you can go up and you can escape those toxic situations. Hey, look, I'm going to run. I know you got a show to run. I enjoy talking to you, Linnell. And, right. and one other thing, I'm going to share some personal information with you. I'll hit you up on Facebook and leave it with you on Facebook. All right, excellent, excellent. Thanks for that, Gino. Appreciate you, All brother. right, you take care. All right. All right. All right, Gino, man, from Beverly. Appreciate you, brother. Known Gino for years, man. <laughs> Gino used to teach me in junior church. <laughs> and I actually enjoy his classes, man. He's a good, you can see he's got knowledge, right? You know, you got a, he's got a very good perspective. And so, man, you know, uh, Tommy called into the show talking about the children. And you never know who you're pouring into, man. You never know who you're pouring into. I, uh, one of my other Sunday school teachers, he came out and did an observation a few weeks ago with me and some fellow life coaches and uh, I just don't give my time up to anybody, but I've spent time with them because they spend time with me. And that's that's how it goes. So you never know who you're pouring into. Have no idea. You know, it's a it's plenty of people. I, you know, I'm thinking about Shaq and LeBron. Right. You know, can you imagine how they daddies feel right now? I mean, to this day, up oh, walked out on the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Walked out on the wrong one. Keep pouring, man. Appreciate you, Gino. And he said something profound. We spend more time preparing for a vacation than we do life. And I've said that before. And I love his analogy of how much we get done before vacation. I'm going on vacation soon, man. I can't wait. Right. You know, 4th of July. Can't wait. Right after that, that weekend on the plane Saturday morning. So, you know, you guys know July 6th will be a recording because I'm going to be gone. (laughs) Got to catch some sun rays, brother. All right. Let's get back to the topic. Don't quit. We still got work to do. Uh, So let's talk about why people can't move. So I talked about the elephant, right? And so when a baby elephant is born in captivity and the trainer wants to ensure he can control him, he places that rope on his leg. And this worked because whenever the calf wants to move its leg, he gets a tug. And that keeps the animal in this little small space in proximity. And when the elephant is young, his primal instinct is to be free. So, you know, he's enthusiastically pulling on the post every day after day after day. And after tugging for a few years when he's at his weakest state, he realizes he can never pull free. And the young elephant will get exhausted and give up. Thus, 
before the elephant can even vaguely begin to understand his future potential and power, he is convinced that he is powerless. Now, you guys see where I'm going with this? 1,300 pounds and a decade later, this elephant can be bound with the same rope to the same wooden post and totally confined. Confined not because he can be contained, but confined because he believes that if he tugs, it's useless because that is what he learned when he was young. The elephant is now confined, not in reality, but in his mind. The boundary is no longer in the rope in the post. It is in the elephant's head. Now, many of us are just like this elephant. When I talk about not giving up and quitting and going after dreams, the fear that we have, the reason why we feel the tug is not because the circumstance is so big or the barrier is so broad. It's because of what we have learned that we need to unlearn, because now you have limitless power and potential and you need to just tap into it. Now, some of you need help, and that's what I do as a life coach. But You know, some of you can actually, you know, you can do quite a bit yourself. And so get out of the system. The system is an illusion. It's all in your mind. Leave that wooden post. The system is weak in comparison to your untapped power and potential. All right. I mean, things are different. In 1970, owning a corporation provided the owner a rare kind of leverage. In 2013, owning a laptop computer provides equitable leverage. I mean, seriously, things are different. In 1980, if you wrote a book, you needed a publisher. In 2013, you can write and self-publish. Go to ebook.com. In 1990, if you wanted a large audience to hear you, you had to come up with a theme, advertising, a promoter, an agent, a stage, a theater. In 2013, if you want to be heard, just connect to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of these things and get on YouTube. In 2000, access to information that assisted us in doing and creating meaningful work was all connected by wires. In 2013, access to information that that exists is by Wi-Fi and data. I mean, things are so different. The world is different. What you thought you couldn't do before is now an illusion. Don't give up. Get it done. Before I end tonight, I want to leave you with a poem. The name of the poem is called Don't Quit. When the road goes wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to Inspirational Perspective's Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. 
You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.